Yep. This is where it's going to get really interesting, or as Han Solo says, this is where the fun begins. Oh god, I can't even imagine what's going to happen in the next half an hour. Yep. <sighs> anyway, oh, I'm, I'm recording. Hello, and uh, welcome to a new episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes, and I am joined by uh, Emperor Adam Holmes over Skype. Good, good. At long <laughs> uh, last. <laughs> a fully operational podcast. Um, oh, I yes. believe the shields will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Arrive. <laughs> Rise. And he's just uh, with the dandruff all over the lightsaber. How is it going? Good. Um, Merry Christmas. Or yeah, Happy Holidays. I've been I've been uh, doing some Hanukkah this year, so that's been nice. You did some. Uh, what was it? Tofu turkey or kosher turkey? What was it? Kosher. Yeah, I did a kosher turkey. It's kosher. not like a different animal. It's just a turkey that's been prepared a certain way. Okay. Um, How was that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fine. I couldn't use butter, couldn't use bacon, but that's, that's all right. Yeah. Didn't, the, didn't the, stop it being good. The photo that you sent, it looked like it was the photo for a cookbook that you were going to do or something, because you looked like a proper like chef, like a proper celebrity chef or something. Like you had like the studio that was made out with like... I didn't, I didn't feel like one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it turned out all right. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, had, had that... Um, yeah, and then, uh, we've been we've been in uh, New York, and so that's been nice. And been wandering around uh, Manhattan yesterday, which was uh, lovely. So uh, cold. Yeah, and you're you're in Denmark, of course, drinking Carlsberg. I can see. Yep, it's the. Uh, Is al- it the Christmas one? No, it's an alcohol-free Nordic ale. Why are you drinking an alcohol? Are you pregnant? No, <laughs> I'm not. Pre- Felina, my girlfriend, is uh, laughing in the background or trying not to laugh in the background. Uh, why are you drinking alcohol-free beer, you massive weirdo? Tastes nice. But it doesn't have alcohol in it. Yeah, but it still tastes nice. I'm sorry, Star Wars is going to have to wait. We're going to have to talk about this for now. Are you are you ill? No, I just like... Beer, you know, beer tastes nice with alcohol in it as well. It's not... Yeah, I know, but it's just like I had a lot of alcohol over Christmas, so I just want to have a little bit of a detox of like alcohol-free beer. Does that... Why don't you just drink water then, or tea? Because <laughs> it was in the fridge and I felt like having it. Why was it in the fridge, and why did you feel like having it? I'm sorry, Star Wars nerd. You're going to have to wait. I'm not letting him off the hook. What? Why, here are things I'd rather drink than alcohol-free beer. Tea. Okay, I had tea earlier. Soda. Saftavec, whatever it's called in, in English. Cordial. Yeah, right. cordial. Uh, I'd rather... My own piss. Um, you know, <laughs> probably had more alcohol in it than that beer. Yeah, um, okay. You know, take, a, uh, take some mint leaves and put them in a in a in a in a you know some hot water and drink that and funnily feel, enough oh, sorry, our mother was not feeling so well i actually made that for her this morning oh i tell you what's good for, sorry this podcast has gone way off the rails um you're gonna have to delete all of this but <laughs> really good for a tummy ache right yeah get some ginger put it in a saucepan with loads with some uh, water and boil it and let the water reduce and then Keep the water and the ginger in a in a in a bottle. So you yeah. so reduce it by half. So it becomes like this really strong like ginger water. Drink that is fucking brilliant. Yeah, ginger. Don't drink non-alcoholic beer because that's that's what strange people do. That's the kind of thing you do before you have a nervous breakdown. 
Thank you very much, Adam. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, one of the features, of course, of the festive calendar is that there's lots of uh, yeah, there's lots of food to eat. There's lots mm. of English football on the television, and uh, these days there's a Star Wars movie coming out, which means you and I have to make time in our busy schedules to record. Yeah. So the the yeah. So where to begin with the new Star Wars film from Disney? I've been sort of looking forward to talking about this film with you, and I've been sort of aching to talk about it a little bit. And um, I wrote a review about it on my blog, and I've also it's also on my Letterbox account. So if people want to read a bit more of my like sort of it's more is a review of the film, but also my sort of my relationship with Star Wars and the history of Star Wars and how my sort of expectations leading into uh, the news of the original tr- of the new trilogy that they were going to make and my expectations with that and the sort of films that they've made over the sort of the last few years since 2015 so if you guys want to want to check it out there there's that but yeah i mean it's been interesting since that since 2012 or 2013 when they said that they were going to make a new they were going to do a new trilogy of star wars that george lucas had sold the rights and there was this whole like oh wow we're, we're getting a new star wars film are we are we going to be able to re, re, you know, be able to bring the fans back after the prequels and all that sort of stuff? But was there also this thought in the back of our minds where was where we were all thinking, isn't is this just another cash cow? What, what, what's going on? In some ways, it is, but you know, it, it was a it was a chance. Yes. It was a chance for a, a new generation of filmmakers to take a stab at uh, the Star Wars saga which was kind of cool. And it was also interesting that they got J.J. Abrams to do The Force Awakens, and he's a reliable director. He had a huge success with the Star Trek films, which are pretty good, which I'm, I'm not like a huge Trekkie, but I really enjoyed them. I thought they were really well done. And I enjoyed his yeah. uh, film Super 8, which um, basically is Close Encounters of the Third Kind with a body count. It's basically like a huge love letter to, um, to uh, Steven Spielberg. But yeah, I think... I enjoyed the, the Force Awakens. There was a lot of familiarity. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. They're just talking about this this background because I think there's something to um, there's something in all this stuff. So you know, yeah. you, you're right. You know, there's a lot of questions that get asked around the new the announcement. There's going to be a new trilogy that's going to be they're going to pick up the story again. I know. Interesting that you say. You know, this idea of like the saga. It's like we're actually yeah. So one of the the assumptions we're going in on that we're going in with straight away is that it's no longer a trilogy. It's a saga. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. Take George Lucas at his word because the prequels, I feel like, are an aberration. But they, if as soon as you start set out to make these films as a continuation of the Star Wars story, and yeah. then you are buying into this idea that it's a saga. What's more, when you create a saga, you create a franchise. And that's to your answer: is it a cash cow? Yes, it's a cash cow, and it's like seven cash cows. Yeah, and. Um, and obviously, and I think we'll hopefully get onto this a bit later. But like the 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 fact that Disney controls something like well, I can't remember the, the percentage, but a huge worrying percentage of the films at the top of the global box office in 2019 is very worrying for yeah, artistic, extremely reasons. worrying. And also the fact that they bought pretty much everything that 20th, 20th Century Fox owns, so that's very worrying. So yeah. it, they control the entire market. They can control. The, the amount of films that get thrown into cinemas. So small, mid-budget indie films are probably going to fall by the wayside. So that's quite troubling as well. And also there's like this idea that there's certain films that 
you know, they're not really going to get made, that they're going to go for like, I mean, Star Wars has this very strong IP. Everybody loves Star Wars. It's a relatable film that everybody loves and knows. And, you know, they can lose themselves in. So they know exactly the kinds of things that people will get attached to. And I think the moment when some when they said that they were going to do another sequel trilogy, with the original characters, with them coming back, mixing with new characters, that was there was that kind of excitement a little bit. And also the fact that, you know, people like J.J. Abrams was, you know, doing a Star Wars film, Ryan Johnson, who I'm a huge fan of, I really like his style of films, Knives yeah. Out, his new film, um, which just came out recently with Daniel Craig is really good. That's, that's a really funny film worth checking out, actually. Um, but yeah, with all that stuff has come quite a lot of toxic negativity, which... Well, yeah, a couple of things there. Like, yeah. I think this is the thing that perhaps they might have misjudged to a certain degree is, um, you know, the prequels, God knows, did not happen during... I mean, there were internet forums and there was everything else, but there was no social yeah. media in the way there is now. There isn't a sort of... Um, you know, and, and I think people have been pre, um, pre-acculturated both through the Marvel Universe and all that stuff to a kind of like, uh, for want of a better word, like a kind of nerd war online. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's just like and, Marvel VDC. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, just... Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't follow any of this stuff, but like, obviously, I, I, I am interested in the Star Wars stuff, but the, 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 the the debates raging are, are very peculiar among people who weren't, um, you know, who who a lot of people who weren't even born when the fucking first prequel came out. I mean, I don't even. So, yeah, I know. But so it's that's like... all. That's all. By the way, I will also yeah. I will also say like it's interesting this thing you said about the directors because yes, I agree. Ryan Johnson that is an interesting filmmaker. For my part, I don't think J.J. Abrams is an interesting filmmaker at all. I don't. No. I don't know that he's ever done a film that isn't a remake of another film or that isn't somehow well, a love letter to the past. And I, I, and I can get I just why say, that would be a good choice for can, a director. Yeah. Can I just say one thing about J.J. Abrams? As much as I like that he knows, he's, he has that kind of quality that George Lucas had he, when he did the first Star Wars film and also when he did American Graffiti. He knew exactly what to put into this film that people are going to like. That's kind of a positive thing. But the negative side of J.J. Abrams, and I have really sort of thought about this quite a lot when I look at his films and the t- and the, the, the films that he's directed. He's a fanboy director. Right. And it's he like, looks it's at like his films... It's like if Steven Spielberg and George Lucas had a babe. Yeah, exactly. He, I feel like he's the kind of guy... I mean, I'm not like... I, I'm, maybe he's not like this at all, but just watching his films, it's it just... Especially Super 8, which is Cloverfield meets Close Encounters with a lot of, you know, violence and stuff. But And, you know, the kids in it are really good. It's a bit like Stranger Things like if the kid actors weren't good the film would have just been like a huge love letter to those people but oh, they I, still are they still are I mean, yeah he's not, i think he, you know, he's he, not an original he's not an original filmmaker yeah i mean he, he he's a good director he like in, in some sense that he can direct really good action sequences and like he you know he knows his way around the camera and like getting actors together and things like that but he yeah, is but fucking hell Anders, you know your way around the camera but you're not going to direct a star wars i'm not going to no, let no, you direct no, a star wars movie yeah it's like you know it's it's very much like you know, if you look at someone like, I, I mean, I went to go see the new Terminator film and very much the guy who directed that, who did the first Deadpool movie, he very much took his own spin at doing a Terminator film. 
while at the Why same... Why is there a new Terminator film? What the fuck? Is... Okay, anyway, we can't talk about that. We'll just carry on. Different what movie. Were you, you know, he was trying to do that Terminator film while still James Cameron, who got the rights back to the Terminator franchise, was in the background being like, do this, do that, and blood was shed on the walls and things like that. So I feel like with J.J. Abrams, he's a very reliable filmmaker in the sense that you're going to, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll get the job done in the sense that he'll think, and this is not me like criticizing him or anything like that, but I really feel like he's in the back of his mind thinking, what would George Lucas do? Or what would Steven and Spielberg do? And what would Steven Spielberg do? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I right. mean, so, there's so, a positive so is... and a negative side to that in some ways. Right. And and I think the positive sides of it are overwhelmingly on display in The Force Awakens. Yeah. And The Force Awakens is a great, because it's a remake of A New Hope. It is a perfect reintroduction to Star Wars for old fans. It is a perfect introduction to Star Wars for new fans. Mm-hmm. And it is a great, just, it's a great Star Wars movie. There's no yeah. question about that. And it's such a, I remember when we talked about it on, on this podcast in 2015, like how, how on that fucking three hour Star Wars episode we did, mm. how happy we were to see it, how much of a smile it put on our face. Yeah. And then, of course, I was skipping ahead. The next movie is directed by Ryan Johnson, who, as we previously pointed out, is an original filmmaker, is someone who's got a bit yeah. more creativity, who's got a bit more narrative daringness, shall we say? Yeah, I think, is, I think if you look at pre- when he was announced as the, the guy who was going to do the film, the last Jedi at that point was called episode eight. I was excited because I really felt like we would get something a little bit different in the same way that Irving yeah. Kirshner took empire strikes back and did something very different with that movie. Exactly. And, it, and, and, and then, um, and he did, and yeah. we both liked the last Jedi. I yeah. think we both said it was as good as, if not better than, the force awakens and yeah. i think we both agreed that it has some made some seriously interesting and exciting to creative decisions yeah, exactly. and and then you see i got worried because when they said okay we're going to bring back jj abrams to do the last one yeah and first i just think like that's that's kind of unfair to ryan Johnson, who did such a good job yeah um and secondly, it's like, why does J.J. Abrams get two bites of the cherry? Why and why, you know, why not give it to a third director in time? Now I know that they talked about Colin Trevorrow, and yeah. I know that there were other people in the frame, but they went with J.J. Abrams, and I think it was a, I think it was a bad move. I think it was a boring move, and I think it was a, a, um, a somewhat sort of, it was a capitulation to, um, uh, you know, the interests of I think business ahead of uh, artistic merit, yeah, and. When I read the big interview in the New York Times with J.J. Abrams and the rest of the cast, I got even more concerned, and with Kathleen Kennedy, which is a great article, by the way, I got very concerned because of the stuff that he was saying about the last movie and yeah. the sort of the party line seemed to be like, well, we weren't really comfortable with a lot of the stuff that Ryan Johnson did. Um, so we're, you know, he left us with a lot of work to do. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, which, took- you know, it's kind of a, ironic because... Mr. J.J. Abrams, you left Ryan Johnson with a lot of things to do at the end of Force Awakens. So basically, you know, Ryan Johnson had Luke Skywalker <laughs> on an island with Rey, and then he thought, okay, right. I'm not... What? Yeah, I said, right. I mean, yeah. Because it's yeah. not like he was left with a complete, like, blank slate. He had yeah. serious narrative threads to pull together. Well, here's the, here's the problem with the new trilogy. Wait a second. Okay. Well, okay. Well, but we... I just want to say, I just want to say quickly. This article, I think, created a worrying 
yeah. note for me, which was at Disney, everyone involved in the film kind of circling the wagons and saying, we weren't comfortable with what Ryan Johnson did. And there was some blowback on the internet. And for once, I thought it was justified because basically what Disney had done there and what J.J. Abrams had done was kind of say to Ryan Johnson, you know, fuck you, your vision of Star Wars isn't what we mm. wanted to be. And so we're going to go back to our, you know, yeah. thing. And I immediately read that article and I was like, this movie is going to be what I'm calling the return of the return of the Jedi. Yeah, the return of the Sith again. <laughs> no, it's not the revenge of the Sith. It's the return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the return of the return of the Jedi. Return the return of the, of the, return of the, return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Um, here, one of the okay. Back to what I was before. I jumped ahead a little bit. One of the things I will say about the new trilogy is that, which we did sort of allude to just now, is that there clearly was not an idea that was going to play out throughout all the three films. It was like they had one film already pl panned, planned out, but then the other right. two films weren't even like, you know, they had the titles and everything, but they hadn't exactly thought out what's going to happen in this film and what was going to be the overreaching arc throughout the entire films. You could Right, which by the way, which by the way is, gives, is, I completely agree with that. There was obviously no, because who can plan where things are going to go and, and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, which completely invalidates George Lucas's claim that he had the story worked out all wrong. Bullshit. He, you know, it's complete bullshit. He wrote one movie called movie called Star Wars, and then he did two sequels. That's not, you know, yeah. it's not the same as a saga. Um, it just shows you how difficult it is to actually make kind of this sort of arc, as you call it, like happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's just it just seems like you know you you could just get like everybody together in one room, like you know when you're doing a TV show, you have the showrunner. And all the writers and you're figuring out like okay what's the season story going to be what each episode is going to be excuse me and then and then just being like okay you guys make sure that these films have all these points go and then you know do that but i think the problem is is that you know they had one film come out in 2015 and then you had at least a year for them to shoot the film and then they had to get it ready for the two years as well so they never really had a long time to really work out the story as much I think that is also a problem as well. Well, I thought I thought I thought the the last Jedi was good. That that process yeah. worked. Yeah, I think with Rise of they Sc got it right. They had yeah. they had a year to shoot it and a year to edit it. Mm. Obviously, Carrie Fisher died. That was that caused some consternation, of course. Yeah, in the camp, and um, I just I you know I thought they did a really great job. And in the middle of all that, they released. Um, one which was also really good yeah so like disney star wars as far as i i remember i've said on this podcast lots of times how happy as a star wars fan i felt yeah at all those moments so it was you know it was like a real it's like oh wow we're gonna get a star wars film every year and so far they're all really good and yeah. we were saying you know um we said on this podcast i think probably we weren't even talking about star wars but we always end up talking about star wars mm. but i think we both said like we one of them eventually is going to be shit. Yeah, I think we were all kind of thinking that. I think I was thinking mainly that Solo was going to be the one that was going to be the the the, the bad egg. I mean, Solo was Solo was like a bit like trashy and stupid, but it was a fine like there was nothing yeah. wrong with it. That yeah, was you a know, watchable movie. It had, it, the ending is like a complete like bin fire, yeah. but the rest of the film is is. Uh, is all right you know and it's it's fun yeah. and entertaining it's got some great set pieces and crucially you don't need to care that much because it's a movie about han solo from when he was young you know it's not it's not in the canon so yeah, it doesn't exactly. it doesn't carry the same stakes 
but um yeah you know oh my goodness does does the last of the you know the last of the so-called skywalker saga if you're going to call it that and anyway it's the last movie that's going to have all of our yeah all of our favorites in it that carries that carries serious uh uh stakes there's a lot of responsibility coming on jj abrams with this movie and not just jj abrams chris terrio the uh, oscar-winning screenwriter of argo who then followed argo with two other really big films which got butchered by the critics and audiences uh batman versus superman dawn of justice and justice league yeah but i mean serious people shouldn't write stupid i mean this yeah. is the thing like these films these, these batman versus superman i mean i know some of them are good but this is this it's total shite and the good thing about star wars is it's shite but it's good shite yeah you know it's really good mass entertainment stuff so much of that marvel dc stuff is just pure like cash yeah. spray like it's in one ear out the other like star wars films are built to last yeah. star wars films are built to be watched again and again and again and be family favorites like marvel movies are built to be consumed quickly and then shout out the other end and if they don't work out they'll just make another one like how many fucking remakes of the same movie do they make yeah, you know exactly. i mean and well, it's like i mean serious writers like they shouldn't dabble in that nonsense but you want good people involved in star wars movies because star wars movies are actually a cut above yeah, well, I, I mean, there's a certain sense of responsibility that you have to when you're doing these kind of. I mean, that's. I feel like that's kind of the sense with Star Wars films. I think. Right. It's a diff- It's it's sort of like, if you're directing a Marvel movie, you're being put in charge of a of a small country church somewhere in the in the Cotswolds. It's a nice job. The congregation is is going to be pretty loyal, and uh, you know, it's pretty low risk. Yeah. If you're doing a Star Wars movie, it's like being an elected pope. You've, you've yeah, got exactly. a lot riding on you know yeah. you've got a lot riding on it yeah and, well, and, and and there are a lot of people who if you do a bad job are going to be you know pissed off and are going to be um um you know are going to react in a really emotional way which yeah. they do yeah which I they, mean, and yeah i mean i looked online i mean even before the movie came out i saw like a few little things online where people were being like oh my god it's so good but then i saw a few negative reviews and i was like and then i just pushed that out of my mind and stuff like that and i was just thinking you know like because this movie there was a lot i feel like there was even before going into it i feel like jj abrams has got a lot to do with this movie he doesn't he not only has to end the saga on a satisfying note but also wrap up like a long 40 year old story but i also felt like going into the film i did feel like he is going to try and bring like try and like course correct some of the hatred that the last jedi kind of got and try and yeah you know rectify certain things and sadly there was a lot of that and well yeah before we get into the movie though yeah i will say and we talked about this in the background of the last jedi so much of the hatred so much of this idea that they the film had made wrong choices is just wrong-headed and there's so many bad faith arguments about Mm. why the film did things wrong I mean, we had a couple of issues with it. I think that, um, you know, like the force talking thing where you can suddenly be in the same room as one another and a couple of yeah. the other things that Ryan Johnson introduced. But overall, it's a great, you know, it's a really good movie. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it's not it, perfect, but it's pretty damn good. It's probably the best of the, the, the last trilogy. But it, yeah, um, the the there are some. The, the, yeah, there is some this this idea that they needed to course correct. I think going into this film is the single biggest issue and it is so obvious that they're conscious of it when you watch the film and it does massively uh impact what it, what how good of a film it is i will say now can we talk about it now can we talk yeah, about yeah yeah let's talk about the film let me turn the background like i've said you know 
we were owed one shit movie. Like, I don't think this is a shit Star Wars film. No, it's not a disaster. I do. I think it is. I, I think people are. I mean, we have said I've been hard on it in the past, and a lot of other people are. People are hard on on um, the Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And this is the Return of the Return of the Jedi, and so which means it's not not as good as the films that came before. But neither was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But it does, it does not dip below that standard. Like it's a little probably slightly worse than Return of the Jedi, but like it's not yeah. like dramatically terrible. No, it's not. Um, it's not a bad film. It's very watchable. There are some moments in it where you do have a bit of a smile on your face as well. And it is a Star Wars movie. It has all those elements. Yeah. That it has. Well, why don't we start? Let's let, because I feel like we're going to get into some more of the negative stuff later. Like, why don't we start by giving it some, like, what does it do well? Um, I think one of the things it does really well is the performances. I think one of the best yes. elements of the film, like actually, well, the two actors who I think in all three of the films and, I, I think who are the best parts of the film of this film and also the other films are uh, Daisy Ridley as Ray and Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I think those two actors, like when they're on screen together, they really make up for a lot of this film's flaws. And Adam Driver, like, it's just, he's a fantastic actor. I think he gives a, an amazing performance as in this movie. Yeah, and also his, the his other whole, um, you know, that they take the... They've, they've convincingly done something that's very difficult, which is to make, um, you know, take these two new characters and t- kind of turn them into versions of Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, but flip it in a way that keeps us guessing. Like, mm. uh, you know, the ultimate decision to make Ray related to the Emperor Palpatine is fucking insane. And we'll get on to why. Oh I my god! I was I was I was so close to hitting my seat, like the seat in front of me, like bashing my head. I I looked when that happened, that reveal. I looked at the screen and went huh? <laughs> like that. That's what I did. I mean, it was just like, and at the end of the movie, where she was like, "I'm Ray Skywalker," and it was like, I, that was it was so. I was I would have given anything to her to be like, "I'm Ray Palpatine, motherfucker." <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just like, anyway, I was just aside. Uh, let's let's cover that later because that's yeah, in the negative. Hold yeah. On. Okay. Um, but she is a great character. Um, the the scene of her sliding down the side of that mountain in the first movie, you know, one of the, and I this I, I say this because I know I've been negative about JJ Abrams, but he did a bloody good job introducing Ray to yeah, us. He did. She's an amazing creation, um, and Kylo Ren is too. And they act them, they act it to the hilt. They're really really good. Um, I love Ray's costuming. I love her physicality. I love everything. Yeah. And I, in a, in that in the first few scenes of. Um, uh, the uh, Rise of Skywalker as well, with Kylo Ren's like insane quest for this, uh, this you know, to find the the you know Sith, you know, cathedral or whatever is also just like so. That's so intense and so great and so yeah. Star Wars, you know. Yeah, that 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 opening scene is very powerful when he's just viciously killing people. Like, yeah, it's, and like looking for something, and it feels scary, and it feels like yeah. oh shit, like what's you know, really, really, really good. It was very um, intense. It was an interesting beginning to the film, I have to say, that whole that whole sequence. And then him yeah, going it, to the planet was pretty cool. I do feel, I, maybe this is a bit of a negative thing as well, I do think Palpatine was introduced a little bit too quickly into the movie. Let's not even, let's not go there right now yeah. because but, th- there are things to talk about there. Yeah, uh, I, 
like I will say, just in general, I think the action in this is really, really good. The action yeah. across the trilogy is great. I love the way they've updated the laser battles there to feel a yeah. bit crisper and a bit, bit more kind of, um, I don't know, they, they feel classic, but they also feel sort of modern at the same time. Like you yeah. I don't know what it is, but I really like the blaster battles in uh, in this Star Wars film and the, and the other two of this trilogy. Um, I, will, I, also, I will have to say, I really do also like... Um, uh, uh, Poe, what's his name? Um, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, and um, you know, I, I, I think he's he's got that roguishness. He's very, yeah, he's very charming. Um, you know, he's kind of always he's he's got a little bit of the hand solo thing going on, and I think they maybe overdo it a bit in this yeah. film. And you know, people talk about him not really having an arc, but he doesn't really need one. Like he's he's just a fun character for us to kind of get behind. Like we don't need yeah. too many characters. Yeah, and I so I don't feel the, the fact that he's kind of two dimensional doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, I mean, I liked Finn uh, John Boyega's character a little bit. I do feel over the three flat down in this one i think they very much they didn't really give him much to do apart from shouting ray a lot and having like him he did seem like the player of the resistance a little bit like going from girl to girl a little bit he was almost like swaggering well and there's some i will also there are some interesting um race things in this film in particular but across the trilogy that i also want to speak about later when we talk about negative stuff that i think finn kind of um epitomizes in some ways uh but we'll we'll get on to that but yeah i mean i really liked i mean i think that they the first movie sets up a really interesting dynamic with him being a stormtrooper yeah the second film with him and rose like that's really great and then this film it's like ah okay but that's not we're talking about positive stuff Um, so let's come back to that i i really liked the the different worlds that they went to i mean it was nice i mean we get the classic desert planets those are really nice as well but then the the planet that they go to next would to get like c3po checked out and all that stuff i thought that was really interesting that was really cool i loved that world whatever it was called it was really like really awesome with the snow yeah. and everything i thought that was that was excellent it kind um, of felt like eastern russia but in in the star wars universe. yeah or like tibet or something it was yeah. really yeah it was kind of it was it was that was cool that was a really um bit, i would have liked to have spent some more time there bit, but that bit, was it was it, a great world bit indiana jones-esque right yeah yeah, yeah. Right, a bit raiders of the lost art yeah i liked yeah, it i felt i felt um, a bit like that and i liked how they made c-3po a bit part of the action in this film i quite enjoyed that yeah but and actually just broader beyond that i thought the humor in this one was spot on like yeah. it was it, it had good star wars humor yeah, I like I liked all that stuff. It was like, like he just like, oh, I'm enjoying my first laser battle or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the line that he was, says. I was, that was funny. Like I, I thought that was like genuinely very charming, and yeah. it was very Return of the Jedi. But hey ho, like so what? Like it's fine. And having C3PO as a comic foil has been a, honestly, has been a case throughout every Star Wars film. Yeah. So it was good to see him get the proper send off in this one. What did you think about the way Leia was done? Because I actually thought they did that very tastefully. I think, yes, I think they did it very tastefully. I think the way that they used a lot of the old like footage that they didn't use and then weave it into the story, I think it worked really well. I think if someone went into this film and didn't know that Carrie Fisher had passed away, they would think like, oh, they they brought her back for this. Like she was, I guess she was in the movie, but I think they did it very well. And I think they did it very respectfully and they gave Leia an ending and they the way they used her into the story was quite nice and respectful and... In, in, well, like and also the test. fact that they talked about for ages about making this film really her movie and that yeah. she was going to be revealed to be a Jedi all along and yeah. that she gets to be a Jedi in this film, but just in a different way. And I think Ryan Johnson set a lot of that up in the last one mm. uh, with her, the way she escapes death in that film. Um, and 
I, um, you know, she was, um, I think she was given such a touching and nice yeah. tribute in this film. Yeah. They really, uh, really quite just, yeah. like, I, 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 you couldn't ask them to do a better job. Yeah, the bit when they return, like Poe and Finn return, and then they find out that Leia passed away, and then Chewie breaks down. I found that yeah. s- that scene was very heartbreaking. It was. Yeah, um, and I think was- one of the things I really like with Chewbacca is he gets the medal at the end. I thought that was really nice. It was a bit of a like the problem was it was happening while I was reacting negatively to a lot of other things, and I thought it was a little bit. Um, oh, I'm getting a poor connection thing here. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I thought it was a little bit silly, but, like, it's fine. And it was like, I'm not really sure why Mars has one or why she feels that she's able to give, like, is she empowered to give one? I didn't really understand, but, like, yeah. it felt like it's just a sort of complete nod to the audience. And so I felt like there could have been a better way to do that. Um, you know, so um, I'm also not one of these people who necessarily thinks that, um, uh, the you know Chewbacca should have been um, you know given a given a medal in the in the first place. Not because I'm an anti Wookiee racist or anything, yeah. but it's just that like you know Luke and Han are very much in the lead, and and like if you're not giving the droids a medal, you know it's a complicated thing. I mean, yeah, it does raise some interesting questions, but like they're very much the leaders of the operation. So yeah. and, and you can't you can't give medals to everyone. That's probably a really controversial opinion. Of course, I think Chewbacca deserves his medal. Yeah. I just think that like. There might have been a better way to do that. And the problem was it was happening while fucking Ewoks were appearing and everything was going to hell in a handbasket. And it was just like, whoa, 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 stop the movie. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, in some ways it's quite nice, but at the same time, it is very pandering to fans and stuff. Well, do you want to talk about some stuff now that like, yeah, is actually, I mean, another thing I, I, I will say this, I don't know if you reacted negatively to it as well, but Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian, I liked him. <laughs> It was nice to see him back. Yes, it was good to see him again. I loved the fact that it was as predictable as anything. His most predictable appearance in the world was when he just shows up and he's like, I love that he's in it. He plays it to the hilt. Yeah. He's, the, the oh, and the way they use the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, no, a couple of more pods. I mean, the, 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 the um, you know, the, all that stuff and the way that they all show up like it's the end of Dunkirk. I mean, that felt kind of, you know that was kind of great there was some really good like good against evil stuff and he yeah. helped epitomize a lot of that and i think the the general theme of like resistance and hope is one that feels quite yeah useful in the time we're living in like it certainly was kind yeah. of i don't know cathartic to watch a film where the bad guys lose and where the good you know and they lose in the right way which is like good people coming together and that's all about star that's what star wars is all about and i like that yeah yeah like, I think it was. I think it was. I think that was really nice. But there are some issues with this movie. My goodness me! Um, yeah, I will say. Of- I will say this. Like the moment when the opening crawl, like, comes up, I was excited. The John Williams music and everything like that. But then when I started reading the crawl, when it said the dead speak, there's r- rumors of Palpatine back, and I was like, okay, that's bad because <laughs> Palpatine is introduced in the movie too quickly. We all knew that he was going to be in the movie. But the way that they used Palpatine really did my head in. And I was so confused about it because I was wrapping my head around so many different things with the fact that he is Ray's grandfather. And like also just trying to like figure out like when did he like who's the grandmother? And then in, like throughout the entire film, I was like, who is Ray's yeah. grandmother? Who? 
Is it? Who did Palpatine? Who did Palpatine fuck? Yeah. Was it Padme, Jar Jar Binks, Admiral Akbar, the Denver Broncos? Like, who was it? <laughs> um, I had a poor connection there for a minute, so I missed a lot of that. But um, yeah, the, the first, the first three lines of the crawl read like a Trump tweet. Yeah. The dead speak exclamation mark. The Palpatine is like, I was like, saying, what is going on? Did like a like, did like, did like a bot write the crawl? What happened? Yeah. Did they say, hey, here's a competition, Star Wars nerds? Like three of you need to fight to the death, and whoever wins yeah. gets to write the Star Wars crawl. Yeah, I mean, like just yeah. and also the like decision making is insane yeah. to bring Palpatine back but it's also like, but also what, the way that they think? weaved him into the other films and when he said fool I built Snoke and then you see like little Snoke clones and stuff like that and I was like oh no they watched Spectre and they took the bad stuff mm. as inspiration that's exactly what I thought <laughs> they it's like that's exactly what I said I it was, like, was me, me Ray this is the author it was me, Ray, the author of all your pain, or something like that. I was just like, yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought why not just have Palpatine be played by Christoph Holt? I mean, it's just it's like, oh, that's such a bad idea. Like, just to have him as a character in a movie, in the whole, and for to be Ray's grandfather, like, as you, like, what on God's green earth? And like, what an incredible slap in the face to Ryan Johnson because Ryan Johnson yeah. has given us one of the greatest moments in Star Wars, where Ray finds out that she is not descended from anyone important; she is just a person. Yeah, and that and also, is one like, of the nicest. You yeah. don't have to be special. You don't have to be related to someone. If you've got it, if you've got what it takes, you've got what it takes. Yeah, she didn't have to be like the whole thing when the Force Awakens came out. Everyone was like, "Oh, I bet you she's Luke Skywalker's daughter," and that would have been really bad as well if they revealed that in Last Jedi or anything like that. And I'm really happy Ryan Johnson didn't feel the need to to do that. Yeah. And I also like. I mean, I agree with you. She doesn't need to be like related to anyone to be special she can be her own yeah, thing i think dynasticism nonsense that's yeah. like it's, it's, i mean know. that's one of the things i really liked about ray she was this new character she wasn't like this new iteration of star like of luke skywalker or han solo or anything like that she just felt like a really fleshed out character and i think just making her palpatine's granddaughter confuses the hell out of me but also kind of ruins the story arc a little bit and then at the end of the movie i mean yeah of course she's trying to find her identity and i guess yes there is that nice thing that she makes herself feel like right you know when she calls herself skywalker at the end of the movie but then you're like no you're palpatine just 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 own it well it's like it's like someone whose last name is hitler yeah. being asked what's your what's your name and you'll go oh my name's jeff churchill <laughs> like, yeah exactly no, you're, you're a hitler yeah i mean I, yeah, there was a lot of like backtracking with this movie, like, and also Kelly M Kelly Marie Tran gets like a minute of screen time. Whoa, is whoa, that whoa, whoa, whoa. okay? Well, we need to talk. We do need to talk about that. But can we just finish this discussion of Palpatine? Yeah. Why? Like, okay. Here's what I would have done if you wanted to bring Palpatine back. Here's what I would have done. I would have had him as a figment of something that lived in the mind of Kylo Ren. Yeah, and then the mind of Ray maybe as well, like a force. Something that is in the Force that you can't eradicate until all the evil in the world is gone. Because what does Palpatine represent? He represents evil. Yeah. He represents the dark side. He isn't. He is. He's obviously like a personification of it. But I just thought the and I and I, and I thought they could have and you could have even had Ian McDermott in the movie. But just having him actually be real, having him be physically real, 
it raises so many questions because like I'm sorry I've seen the return of the Jedi I know what happened he was picked up by Darth Vader he was thrown into the reactor core of the fucking Death Star which then blew up into a tiny million tiny pieces not it did not fall into the sea on Endor by the way (laughs) like it blew up if yeah. there was nothing left of the Death Star, the throne room is not there anymore because it's... it got blown into tiny bits. Yeah, Jay, I mean, Jay like, watch the movie. I mean, I was even really like with my friend uh, Thomas, who lives in Holland, uh, who I've worked on a few films with him. Like, we we were like discussing back and forth, like, what, how is Palpatine in the movie? Did he survive and stuff like that? And I even liked the idea of him just being like a ghost or like somehow haunting the 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 the, the, the right well if yeah right yeah if jedis can have force ghosts then surely um surely the sith can as well yeah like he's trying to like he's basically like this omnipresent that is in darkly influencing all this bad stuff and in some ways influencing kylo in some kind of way to make him do right. all this this bad and stuff here's where, I, here's where i draw a parallel as well to the harry potter series right so in the harry potter series voldemort's been defeated and yet voldemort's followers are in the in the you know are doing stuff and and there is a moment and, and Voldemort is a presence but he's yeah. not real he's just a sort of he's a he's a more of a spirit than anything else yeah and the Harry Potter series and I'm talking about the books here but also the films that the 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 narrative gets so much less interesting when they bring Voldemort back because the whole point about Voldemort is he's not him it's what he represents that's frightening. And I think this is the same thing. They do a Voldemort with Palpatine. They're like he's back <laughs> Yeah, and also it's like the whole thing at the end that he uses them both to gain all sorts of power and then he's got like lightning out of my hands, lightning in my hands, gonna take the ships down and all that sort of stuff. It just no, makes... what the hell was that? That was insane. He can't do that. Why didn't he do... If he could do that, why didn't he do it in the Return of the Jedi? It would just save us a lot of time. Also, like if Kylo knew who Rey's parents were, wouldn't he have known that they were also Palpatine's children or one of them was Palpatine's child? There are so many fucking holes in this plot. I can't even... Like, it's insane. I will say, just again, just to make sure that we're not being too negative, Ian McDermott, great. Yes. The way they did Palpatine's body and his fingers and everything, great. He's super creepy. It's yeah. a really good personification of Palpatine. He's fucking amazing. Like his whole, the way like, he, his vo- his vocal performance as Palpatine. If it was yeah. just his How voice, he dies again. Does he? Which he blows up or something? Or no? Yeah, he like he like melts. Like yeah, he, he gets, gets the, like the, he does the cross lightsabers and then. Yeah, the, I think uh, there was a lot of stuff on the Exegol planet which was quite creepy and intense. Like when Ray shows yeah. up in the throne room and then all these like followers are like chanting and yeah, stuff. They they were, been, I like the followers. That was really of, cool. Oh, I wanted oh, to see more of that. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, that all that stuff. Yeah. Kalima. Kalima. They felt like that. Hey, <laughs> Dougie. Yeah, no, it's just like, homo trippi, homo trippi, and all that sort of stuff. It was, I liked that. I thought that was really cool. They really felt like they could have really developed more of the, like showing more people who were following the, the Sith, like this kind of, like al- aligning themselves with evil and stuff. And I think the sort of, I mean, the, the, the hero storyline works in some kind of way, but I also like the bad storyline, the bad guys. The, their storyline was really, really weak because at the end of Last Jedi, Snoke is dead. Kylo has made himself the Lord Supreme or the Emperor Supreme, whatever the fuck it's called. And then you have Dom Hall Gleason as General Hux, who I will add, what, what was the point of his character in this movie? Because they really just did nothing with him except making him a spy and then getting shot by Whiffnail. I mean, the, the, yeah. <laughs> never point guns at people. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um, like, I, 
I don't. I mean, the thing is about him is he's a real sniveling, like terrible villain, and he outlived his usefulness. He should not have survived the last. That I will say, this is one part where I'm like, maybe this is a course correction because he gets far too much uh, power in the Last Jedi. Yeah, and he's not that interesting. And I think killing him off early in this movie does like it does the whole story a service because he's just like no one is interested in 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 what in general hux no one yeah but why um, why does he have to be a spy why did he have to be the spy that I made think that no... was just a useful method to a advance the story and b <coughs> um you know uh kill him off yeah i think it was just that you know he just wants and i i, I bought it like he wants kylo to lose he's an idiot uh yeah. and um and you know he gets um I, I thought that basically Finn's greatest moment in the film is when he shoots him in the leg, you know. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. And I mean, I, I, I actually quite like Richard E. Grant in the film. I liked, I would Yeah, I mean, good, it was like, as you say, the bad guys do deserve a good story arc. They do not get one. I think the whole thing about bringing, uh, the whole Palpatine back from the dead thing is just such a bad idea. It's such a, like, poorly thought out idea that never should have got out of the, the, the first meeting it was mentioned in. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And it, could, and it just it's lazy it's lazy beyond belief yeah it just made the film feel very uninspired and a little bit soulless this film like even in some well, of the even in some of the action sequences even though they're very well filmed i really didn't feel as emotionally engaged with it as i did in all the other films right yeah it really it, it felt like the it's like the third disc of queen's greatest hits there are some good songs on there but there's a lot of bad remixes yeah it's just it was like i don't know it felt like you know, it felt a bit like the Hob- the last Hobbit film, the Battle of the Five Armies. It had that kind of aspect to it. it. Didn't it had like the scale, but not the emotion. Couldn't agree with you more. I thought there was. Wait, sorry, Adam. Wait, oh, sorry. Wait, Adam. Oh, I lost you there. Wait. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, it had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here. There was a disturbance in the force. Yeah. Um, can you just the, uh, can you just say the bit again? Like I can, I totally agree, and then just go back to your point that you were saying. Oh yeah, but basically I, I was saying that there were moments in there were moments in the Force Awakens, and there were moments in the Last Jedi where I got genuinely emotional and like to the point of getting quite choked up and like getting, you know, turning into you and crying in every movie. Like in this film, I didn't feel emotional once. I didn't get close to crying. No, I just, I didn't get to feel as like, I didn't feel like a child in some of the scenes. I don't know. And then there were just some bad, there was just some bad decision-making like around the place. Like, okay, here's another thing that bothered me about this film. Did you notice the fact that every, like, it seems like every character at one point dies or nearly dies and then comes back to life. Like yeah. Chewbacca, C-3PO, Kylo Ren uh, gets stabbed by Rey and then she puts him back together. Uh, Rey dies and comes back to life. Like, I feel like there's even a bit where like Finn gets in some... Tr- yeah, Finn is crashing on the, on the Star Destroyer and then yeah. he gets picked up and saved. Um, like, th- there's so many fucking people who... And it's like... It's a bit like the end of Game of Thrones. It's like they chicken out. They don't know how to. to yeah, they to didn't. Give you. It didn't but quite like, stick the landing, and it didn't feel like quite as well laid out as as it could have been. I mean, Chewbacca, 
killing off Chewbacca would have been a really brave move. I was like, yeah, astonished when they nearly did that. And then the fact that he, in the next scene they're like there were two transports it's okay Chewbacca is fine it just shows everything that's wrong with the film it is such a cowardly written movie yeah it, like yeah. it is it, and it is completely like there is no it is playing it safe it doesn't want to piss off anyone and this is why they the biggest like personal fuck you this film does to anyone in the in the whole cast is to Kelly Marie Tran yeah who was amazing in The Last Jedi. Like, it was her first big film, and she knocks it out of the park and gives a really moving performance and is actually one of the best things about that film. And it is, And it is terrible what she went through when that film came out and all the abuse that she got online and, and how she went offline and just, you know, got rid of all her social media and went into therapy to, to deal with the backlash. And then even J.J. Abrams saying... He even in said at the Star Wars celebration how much he liked Rose, the character, and then he gives her about a minute of screen time, and then just Doesn't has fucking act like it. And then and then has like her look at Star Destroyer plans, and has her do nothing, or like it doesn't like they don't develop the relationship between Finn and Rose at all, and it just I don't know. No, it's 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 an abomination, and it's really sad because you've got a person whose career is you know defined by two movies essentially one of which she did really well in and then got a bunch of abuse like what was the was it just pure racism or what was it well, like, they just didn't know not... they just didn't like her character they hated that character but is there like an anti-asian bias or anything like that or was it just pure like i think uh, they just didn't like her character they there was a lot of things with the last jedi they just didn't like they just didn't like all the canto bite stuff like when they go to the casino they just felt like that could have just been done without and things like that they just like people went into the last jedi they had so many theories and then ryan johnson was like i've seen your theories it's none of that this is what I, this is the movie that i've done deal with it and people were not happy about it and i think some people just yeah. need to grow the fuck up and move on because like it's two, well, it's two years late. It's like to, the the idea of abusing someone on. So I mean, the the thing is, it's there's there is. I mean, to some degree, there's there's there is a misogynistic like yeah. unpleasant angle in there because you know what leads you to, to disagree with a particular creative choice and then to actually abuse another person. I mean, this is what we you know we talked about earlier with the you know the climate online that is so like Star Wars films have never been made during social media before. Yeah. And it just shows. The the, the 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 online discourse in the, on the back of these films has, has shown how difficult that was going to be. But what I find so distressing is that this film seems to have made it seems to have been made in with an attempt to try and appease those people rather than just ignore them. Because yeah. what are you supposed to do? You just ignore like she did the right thing. She deleted their social media accounts. You know, fucking hell, we should all delete our social media accounts. Really, yeah, exactly. I'm sure I mean... one day we will. Daisy Ridley did that when, you know, the, right. like, I mean, if you look at, like, when, when the first trailer for Force Awakens came out, people were angry that Finn was a main character because, you know, I don't want a black stormtrooper. This is white, like, discrimination and things like that. They didn't want... Oh, my God. They didn't the, want... The, the, race, the race stuff in, in, in all the Star Wars, it, it's, it's incredible. And this film, in this film, completely panders to it. I mean, this film seems to have taken all the social media criticism from the worst people and say, okay, we're not going to piss these people off. Yeah. One of the things this film does is it seems to go right back to the 80s in terms of its racial stereotyping. So one of the things that you notice early on when they go to the desert planet is all these like creatures dressed in their like garb and there's some like, you know, religious festival. And it's like, yeah, people who live in hot places are prone to do like exotic religions and they're all like 
Bundy and like all oh, peace be with you and and you know yeah. it's a little bit like I know that they're elephant creatures but like it's it is still problematic right yeah another thing like every every character in this show whoever like uses a horse or like uses a uh, uh, you know kind of a, you know is 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 like you know is black so Finn's friend that he makes though the former stormtrooper she's a black woman it's also interesting that basically she's Finn's love interest and she is a black woman and he's yeah. a black man because if yeah, she exactly. was white that would piss off people that would piss off you know Nazis on the internet yeah. um, the other problem I have and that I've had all along is that you know John Boyega's from South London yeah now why does he talk like he's from the Bronx I don't know that was just they... is that because the the only like the most acceptable form of black people in mass media is through the medium of like the african-american pop culture like that is also i think a little bit of a problem why is it that daisy ridley can be english in her accent but john boyega has to put on a voice i think like i don't know i think he was talking about it on the graham norton show i think he tried the voice maybe and i think he wasn't he didn't he didn't seem very keen on it and i think they just went with the american accent or something either anyway it's a footnote there are some other little bits and pieces throughout this film that where they they make decisions that feel like really tone deaf. There's a lot of like orientalism, and it like goes back to a lot of this like slightly like semi just just a little bit of like casually racist stuff that like the Indiana Jones movies do. It's just mm. it feels like a real regression. Um, I had this issue as well with the same sex kiss at the end of the movie. Like it felt like that whole bit was it was like look at how progressive we are, but also look how easy this would be to edit out of the film. And sure enough, they have had to edited out of the film in Singapore. And yeah. it just tells you everything you need to know about Disney and the people who made this film. But yeah. they're, they're not true progressives. It's a total it's yeah. a total um, lip service, no pun intended, to any idea of like actually you know being progressive. And I yeah. and I think the way that it the way it manifests itself, just to come back to it, and the way they treat Kevin Marie Tran is such a like indictment of this whole like um, studio and the whole machine behind it because they don't care about people. They only care about the bottom line. And yeah. they just sold out a young actress, someone who might now struggle in their career because she didn't get a chance in the second movie. Yeah. I mean, I read an article recently uh, in the new Aladdin film, the guy who plays Aladdin. Uh, they, 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 one actor in that film, one character in that movie is now getting a spin-off, apparently. And it's he's one of the worst characters in that Guy Ritchie movie. And... There was an article that came out recently with the guy who played Aladdin in that movie where he said, I was in, a, I was in Aladdin, the film made a billion dollars worldwide, I have not had a single audition since that movie came out. And I think, you know, whether it's to do with the fact that he is mixed race or anything like that, I don't know, but it seems like, what well, give that guy a chance, he's good. But also, like, the, 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 there's also this other thing, not just with the Star Wars movies, but all the Disney films in general and the Marvel things, is, like, a lot of people in the Marvel movies, like, why isn't there a character that represents the gay community or anything like that? Why can't we have, like, a female-led superhero film? Why do we always have to have, you know, films with Caucasian white males saving the universe? And there has been... And in, in One of the sort of problems that I have with the last Avengers movie, there's a scene in the film where they actually they have a gay character but it's not a main character it's like a, a side character 
and it's not like a well-known actor it's actually the director and i found that scene very pandering and i didn't really feel it was progressive much like the same sex kiss in this film it just felt very pandering seeing like hey look see we're look we're doing it we you guys wanted lesbians a, you, hey, hey. you guys wanted a lesbian gay kiss it, it, i mean we couldn't get oscar isaac and john boyega to do it but we got them to do it so yay right. that's when i i thought i like surely they should have made finn and 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 Poe have a relationship. That would have been yeah. really great. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know, like, in another scene in, like, Avengers, going back to that, there's a scene where, like, all the female characters are, like, in one shot and they're about to take on all the bad guys and stuff like that. And that's supposed to be, like, real, like, woo, and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there in the cinema going, oh, come on, guys, you could have, this, this is too little, too late kind of thing. I don't even want to, I mean, like, I, I don't watch the Marvel movies and, and it sounds like I'm not missing anything, but the... Um, yeah, this, 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 oh, this, this is so much like, these are basically, it's, it, these are all, these things all sort of crystallize the things that left me feeling really very conflicted about this film, but, you know, really yeah. sort of wanting it. I went in really, really wanting to enjoy it and I did no, enjoy I did it too. for large parts. It wasn't too long. I was worried it was going to be three hours and it was, I thought it was two hours and 20 minutes was perfect. Yeah. Um, I did feel the pacing was very off. In the beginning scene, in the first hour, it was jumping from scene to scene and I was struggling to catch up. I think from a technical point of view, the editing was just really bad, particularly in the first and hour. It was, it was like, it was also just, I, I also felt like, when are they going to stop putting the fucking rebels in the jungle? Yeah, <laughs> like can't they hide out somewhere better than that? Like they just keep going to Yavin. It's like if I was the Empire, I'd just keep looking on jungle planets. Yeah, it's like like one guy could just be like, like they're having a meeting. Like, okay, we're gonna do this. You guys are gonna go to this base over here. Okay, good. Before we break out, does anyone have any questions? Yeah, I have a question. Why do we keep hiding out the jungle planet? Because it seems like the guys are very easy to catch us. Because what? Why? We always hide out in the jungle planets. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I don't know. I. <laughs> It what? just—it was again. It was just one of those things. Like, why? Are there, it, it, there's no thoughts gone. No, no thought has actually gone into it. Yeah. Like, at the end of the second movie, these guys are on the run. You know, there's, there's like they should be hiding in some like building somewhere, nervously looking around corners and always like moving from place to place. But they go on the jungle path. Yeah, and they have more people than they did than at the end of the Last Jedi. Yeah, well, fair. I mean, you can always recruit people for you know. Yeah. Uh, Lord knows, like. I mean, ISIS is a really good. I'm not comparing the Rebel Alliance to ISIS, no. Jesus. Don't worry. But like, you know, you can recruit people to a cause. Like that is. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with that. I do slightly have a problem with just how many people show up at the end to fight the Star Destroyers. Yeah. That was a lot of. I mean, that was a lot of people. And that was a Gwen, lot. High wedge. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of ships to like fill like one little bit of space and i'm just like where wh where were you guys at the end of the last movie when they were on the ice fox planet <laughs> right exactly and um yeah it was a bit over the top frankly um, yeah it was like they saw avengers endgame and they were like we gotta double up the ships and it yeah yeah, that made me tired. Seeing what was like, oh, Jesus, high wedge. I did think, by the way, that the John Williams cameo was cool. Yeah, um, I did like that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was nice. That was a really nice touch. Uh, the the wedge cameo was stupid. It's like, if he didn't want to be in the first, like, what? Just, I, I didn't even like, know where, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know he was in the movie until, like, I looked on IMDb and he was in the credits. I was like, I didn't even know he was in the film. Did you miss him? I missed when, him. When the, when you, yeah, I, I noticed him. I was like, "Fuck that wedge!" <laughs> I need oh, to watch Jesus it again. But, 
Huh? I need to watch it again and see where he pops up because I, I missed him. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm still not sure whether I gave this film three stars after I watched. It. I might downgrade it to two and a half, but I, it's like. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like it's, it's three, but it's like it's just on the edge. It's a grudging, it's a grudging three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's hard to make the case for the three now. I mean, but it's, it, you know, and it, and it, and the problem with it is that. I don't understand what it's trying to do ultimately. Like at the end of the film, I, that she goes back and buries the lightsabers. That was a re- that final scene does do a lot of work that I think is quite important. Mm. And I do like the fact that um, they close Kylo's character arc really well. But when she's back at the Skywalker farm and she's looking out at the sun, and I think mean, that is a lovely shot with BB-8 and everything. But yeah, it leaves this bits of tasting them after so like she's a palpatine like mm. can't she just be ray like why does she have to be palpatine yeah no why it's can't like she just be the character that we've fallen in love with yeah she could just have one name be like ray like you know madonna has one name just be That's ray like, the whole bit where she's like i'm just ray the person is like what is your family name <laughs> and um, the little like elephant baby thing which yeah. is stupid um and then uh, the and she's like it's just ray ray's my name and it's like she doesn't need to be anybody anything. and she can be frightened that she's got the dark side in her and not know if her parents were on the light side or whatever yeah that's fine. but also but it's it, like that's a mystery that she everyone has to solve like what 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 do i carry within i actually really enjoyed the the evil ray as well i thought she did that so well yeah that was a cool scene i thought the, i thought the sort of twirly <laughs> double lightsaber thing was kind of nice yeah, no, that was that was some that was, that was cool. Like, um, but, um, but yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, that, those basically are the the issues with this movie. So um, yeah, so JJ, you know, you fucked up. Um, yeah, you also didn't... did. You did great work for Star Wars with the Force Awakens. They just never should have brought him back for this one. They should have had. They should have had a. They should have had a meeting, and they should have had a third director. They should have been JJ Abrams, Ryan Johnson, Kathleen Kennedy the main cast and a third director should have sat down. They should have agreed yeah. on a, on a principle. And then the third director should have been trusted to go ahead and deliver a product. And yeah. I don't know who I would have picked. I don't yeah. know who would have been available for it, but, um, it, it just felt insane. Ultimately, I think a lot of this is just, it rebounds on the decision to let JJ Abrams direct. JJ Abrams is a yes man. He's a fanboy, as you say, yeah. I just do not think he has the bravery that Ryan Johnson does. And yeah. um, he was not the man for this job, and I think he yeah. proved it. But also, I think if you look at like the original directors, Chris Miller, no, Phil Lord and Chris Miller for the solo film, and that how they were doing a film that was very different from what Lawrence Kasdan or Kathleen Kennedy thought they were going to do, and then they were building it, they made the film feel a little bit more loosey goosey and had, you know, like it was like a caper film. And then they threw them out and then brought Ron Howard in, who's also a bit of a yes man and is, you know. Yeah, right a capable director and stuff like that. And I think just looking at the film, like, and I was thinking a lot and looking back at like the history and the production history of all these movies and then all the spin-offs that they had planned and all the white male directors that they had, you know, and then fired and then, you know, due to creative differences or like, you know, they, you know, they had um, David Benioff and Dan Weiss who were going to do a star Wars trilogy. And then they did a pub. Then they did a panel of the, last season of game of thrones at the austin film festival and then gave them the the themselves like gave a lot of people the impression that these guys really didn't know what they were doing or 
because like they were saying a bunch of things when they were doing the first Game of Thrones series. They were like, it was like an expensive film school. We didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> kind of thing. And then the next day they yeah. left the project. I do feel like it did seem like there was a lot on paper that seemed really exciting. And I mean, I mean, I'm not saying like all the Star Wars films they did were bad, and they, like a lot of them were good. Last Jedi was really good. Rogue One was a film that you know had a complete reshoot of its entire third act. Felt like a like a whole film, and it was exciting, and it felt new in that universe that we all know. Yeah, but it did seem like there was a lot of, you know, it's it. Here's the here's the way I looked at the series in the films in some ways, um, and I'm bringing in some sort of an analogy from the Ford. The, uh, the Ferrari movie. There's a scene in the film where Matt Damon's trying to recruit Christian Bale to build a race car that can beat Ferrari at the Le Mans 66. And then Christian Bale goes on this whole speech and stuff and he says like, Ford will get you to do this car for them. And they seem like they're going to make you do what you want to do, but they want you to do what they want. They, they want they want to make sure that you do what they want that you to do that kind of sense and i felt like that was the kind of things with star wars it didn't like ryan johnson had the kind of luck of that he was able to challenge the audience and challenge the you know qu- have characters questioning themselves a little bit because i felt like it made luke uh a very interesting character and he's like i'm not this why does everyone have to keep making me up to be this hero and stuff and that how and that people can fail and you know build themselves back up and then open up the world a little bit more because you know maybe in some ways you know the Broom boy at the end of Last Jedi could have showed up, you know, fighting somebody or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, or whatever. You know, then that was I loved that because you know the Broom boy was one of my favorite little things, and it was and he should never have shown up, but he, what he represents is so great, which is that there is so much magic in the universe beyond the fucking Skywalker and Palpatine families that we yeah, don't exactly. know about, and that's kind of the joy. That's the soul of Star. That's the Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, to even use the- a recent. But like Quote, Empire like, Strikes you know, Back, the, the Star Wars is the little spark of inspiration that's in all of us. You know that yeah. that that um, <clears throat> you know Sorry. I think is just the 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 thing that Ryan Johnson nailed like full on. You know, mm. and it's, it's such a shame the way that um, he set it up so brilliantly, and they kind of shot it down. I, and it's interesting the way that like I guess Ryan Johnson made a film for people like us who wanted to see Star Wars going in a new direction and he wanted to be challenged. And I guess. Um, you know, J.J. Abrams made a film for the people who, who ruined Kelly, you know, who abused uh, Kelly Marie Tran and who uh, didn't like the last mo- movie. Basically, people who want to see a series of films where the same thing happens every single time and where nothing changes. Yeah. And where things like plot and things like uh, good writing don't actually matter that much. So it's like, well, I guess it's whichever version of Star Wars you want is you can pick from those two films. Well, I'm in The Last Jedi camp. Yeah, I think like I, I mean it was after the last year. And I hate to talk about it like that because it's not that. It's not like a. I don't want to. Everything gets so polarized these days. But yeah, it's just, well, I'm I'm just not for what he did. I'm not I'm not for that. Yeah, there was a lot of things that were made that I didn't. That in this film, the rise of Skywalker, I was, uh, the rise of Jedi. I was like, rise of Skywalker. I thought was just very like, it just seemed very not as well thought out. I mean, I guess they yeah. went in like nobody goes out to make a bad film. I think, the, you know, you make the best film that you can. It just this film did miss the mark. And I don't think, you know, there's not one person that has all the blame. You know, no one should go to Kathleen Kennedy and be like, you should resign and everyone be like that because there's there's no, 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 no. people should there's calm no down. need like, for that. Just, people people who said, should learn. They need to learn from their mistakes. It's OK. Yeah. 
It's okay. Like two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, two out of three ain't. And bad. this is not a shit. This is a this is a poor film, but it's not a shit film. Yeah, I think there's a lot you can learn. I mean, you know, you can learn a lot from your failures, and I think you should. They're gonna keep making Star Wars films, so it's yeah. like let's just hope they look at this and get it right next time. Yeah. I, should probably, we should probably leave it there, to be honest, because we've yeah. talked about it for an hour. Now, yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. Well, that has been our episode of The Rise of Skywalker. I should have mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker, uh, don't listen to this episode. Watch the movie and then come back. But we'll... we'll... Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're a bit late with that. But I'll, I'll write... The, the, the title will be called... Uh, episode 9 Rise of Skywalker spoiler review so people who haven't seen the film yet do check this out or if you're not interested and want to listen to the episode anyway you can do that as well so yeah you can uh, find me on uh, Twitter I'm at Fabricius91 F-A-B-R-I-C-I-U-S 91 we also have a Twitter page as well Holmes Movies Pod we also have a blog homesmovies.wordpress.com uh, uh, you can send us an email if you would like to homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Anders F. Holmes. I post a lot of things on there, food-related, just take pictures of pretty much anything. And I also post a little bit about reviews that I've done and things like that. Adam, do you want to plug anything? I've got 10% battery, my phone just told me. Um, uh, no, uh, I'll plug my... Um... I plug the fact that I think bringing back the Ewoks was really stupid and Han Solo. Well, we've got to talk about that too. But anyway, uh, there's not enough time. Um, no, uh, I'm on Instagram, adam.h.f.homes. Uh, Twitter, uh, the, I'm a Northampton Dane. Um, and um, also, uh, my day job is working at the WEB Du Bois Center at UMass. So if you care about um, uh, some of the uh, progressive issues, which I sometimes uh, wave around on this podcast, if you are interested in conversations around um, social economic inequality and uh, racism and uh, you know the corruption in our political culture it's a very interesting place to engage with and W.E.B. Du Bois is someone who everyone should be more familiar, familiar with so um, mm. you know get involved, that's on Twitter too um, it's uh, Du Bois UMass uh, on Twitter I believe and uh, W.E.B. Du Bois Center on Instagram so um, yeah. We can link it into the episode description sure 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 yeah do that um but that's that's my day job um cool. all right then well um may the schwartz be with you ah jesus christ may the next star wars film come out in a long time yeah let them take a break now yeah give it about six years just chill everyone. well let well we still have baby yoda until then <laughs> jesus i'm I, okay let's go let's okay. go Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yep, I've been Anders Holmes. Uh, it's a it's a hard it's a hard life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a hard thing being a Star Wars fan. My goodness. Yeah. You know what? Movies, movies are great. Yeah. We love movies. We do. Watch them on a big screen. Watch them with your friends. Eat popcorn. Love movies. Yeah. Keep watching movies. Keep asking for better movies. Watch old movies. Watch your yeah. favorite movies. Watch bad movies. Make your own movies. Write about movies, read about movies, love yeah. movies. They're the best thing. We love movies on this podcast. But also more That's my positive message for yeah. 2019. But also more more importantly, let's be positive towards how people in regards to like if somebody likes something that you hate, that's fine. If they like something that you don't like, then that's fine. Just leave it at that. There's no need to go to war over it. Because well, we're too old for that. 
Well, yes, but I will say, if you really like this movie, you need to get your head examined. Um, <laughs> like, anyway, um, yeah, you can like what you like. Yeah, you can it's think like, think. I'm Just, like, I'm like the, I'm like, if you like the film, that's fine. I disagree with you, but it's fine. <laughs> I think really, uh, my other, my other 2019 message: don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>